Oh shit, your ass just got invited to the Gamer Bros podcast. Are you motherfucking excited? That's uh, me coming back in competition with the theme song. It was taken away from me. <laughs> yeah. To fill you in, Justin, I was doing a brilliant job of pulling in sponsors for this podcast. We had Betty Manduros, uh, the Game of Thrones people were involved, uh, a uh, Russian band that would cover Rammstein songs for the theme song. And uh, she gets some random dude for two episodes and takes it away. Lost all our sponsors. So it's been kind of hard to like get back into the swing of things here. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry for a little hiatus. I mean, this should have been out weeks ago. And I still, I mean, last time I was trash, which I apologized. Oh my God, that was so funny. I feel so bad. <laughs> I didn't realize how strong those beers were, everyone. It says in the description, 8.0% ABV. I didn't read the description for once. No, on the podcast episode itself. Oh, I, well, I remember when it's you told me. It's got that small trigger warning. <laughs> Alina! What? I challenge you to a game of pros. Here we are at the finale. Po- the possible finale. So last time we had our buddy Leanna on and she gave us the prompt of Forest Witch. And I was a fan of that episode because uh, I won again. Mm, whatever. It feels good. Yeah. And I was like very flattered that Forest Witch was her topic because my hair is green. That was inspired by it your hair. It was inspired yeah. by my hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's always about um, you. Yeah, it is. All right, gentlemen, so uh, welcome and thank you for uh, coming on tonight. Tonight we have our buddy Gregson with us. Hi, guys. Good to be back. And uh, a newcomer to this uh, nonsense, Justin. I'm new here. Hello. Last name redacted because he's a professional. (laughs) It needs to be redacted. So as you know, you're a veteran of the podcast. and You know how things go here. Um, You guys are kind of the boss of the episode. You tell us who goes first or who you want to hear first. It's up to you. Do you want us to uh, flip a coin, rock, paper, scissors, uh, have a bloody knuckle fight? It's up oh, to you. Man. That, got, that got better and better. <laughs> Clear the table off with some bloody knuckles. Go Arm shot. wrestling. <laughs> well, if we're going to do a true game of pro style, Alina and I go shot for shot. Though. We go shot for shot. Whoever falls down first loses, so, and then we'll decide who wins there and then tell the story like drunken assholes like we usually do. <laughs> That's our real post-production process now listen, pre-production process i'm just saying i'm also i'm willing to go first this time because i went second last time and i feel like i need to redeem myself for not that the story was bad i actually still love the story that i wrote but um i always enjoy your stuff you know what i've noticed about the season we have not trash talked enough like we said we would where i was kind of like oh oh yes well i'm better next season i promise we're gonna get fucking violent all right we're gonna get nasty <laughs> Be some nasty gals up in here. But you always do a very good job. I did win, and I won because I brought some of your spirit to the table. You as did you told actually, me. yeah. It was it was like an Alina story. It felt like deserved. That's right. All right, so you want to go first, guys? Are you cool with that? We, I guess, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> the judges have spoken through us, or we've spoken through say, the judges. Through us. I was going to say, come up with the most interesting word as voted by the judges. That's, That's really good. good. Though, right? It's a game of pros after all. You got to be word smiths. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes word butchers as well. <laughs> okay, so oh, the other thing is we not we don't ever really have titles for our stories. Okay, it's just the topic. Hey, you could leave us uh, titles on our Instagram, and the winner of the best title, Gregson, will come over to your house and clean for you. What? You're the prize, buddy. Clean for in you. the nude. Yeah, oh my god! Go. I was gonna say, I was like, it might be some kind of clean, and probably not the kind you expected. <laughs> clean <laughs> the bad side of your belfry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is my story with the topic Leanna gave us: a forest witch. <clears throat> Darren was getting worried. The twigs snapping under her feet were getting thicker, and the trees began obscuring her view of the mountaintops. She had hiked the Yosemite trails hundreds of times. 
It was her favorite place in the world, away from daily life of school and personal problems. She had set out quite early enough to be back before dinner, but the sky was getting dark and she could see no markings showing her path back to civilization. She checked her phone again, looking at the map of Yosemite. She'd kept on the right trail past the White Wolf campsite, but she'd never made it to Yosemite Creek. It just never appeared. The sun was setting rapidly and Darren began following it, knowing that if she just continued west, she'd find her way out by the time the moon was high in the sky. But she was still just lost. She finally came to a clearing. The tall grass swayed lazily in the dark spring air. She looked at the sky, continuing to move west and back into the deep woods. The moon shone brightly, guiding her. Its rays formed a path and ended in front of a fortress of roots. The earth had weaved roots and vines into a dizzyingly tall castle. Darren's neck craned as she looked to the top of this enormous root gothic. Archways and buttresses fluttered in the moonlight. Pink, blue, and black flowers bloomed at the edge of each floor and accented the towers. She'd never seen anything like it before. It scared her, but she wanted desperately to go inside. Are you lost, girl? Darren jumped and turned around. A lithe woman had snuck up behind her. She had long, tangled green hair, with small pieces of silver jewelry hanging throughout it. She was dressed in, t in a tattered beige gown with a green apron tied around her waist and a black shawl hanging loosely from her tattooed shoulders. She held a large wicker basket that was full of bright red flowers. They were like nothing Darren had ever seen. Uh, yeah? Darren stuttered out. I, I don't know how, though. I'm always walking this trail. I've never got lost. It's okay. This time of year, it can get a little confusing. My name's Freya, and I'll help you get back home safely. The bushes behind Darren rustled loudly, and a swarm of rats scurried past her, up the stairs into the woodland castle. Their squeaking and chittering continued loudly enough for them to be still heard outside. I'll have to make this quick. It's dinner time for my sweet babies, and they hate to wait. Freya put her basket down and then pointed off into the distance. A red light appeared between the trees. It was small and almost shimmered in the air. That red light will guide you back to town. But there's no way that's the right direction. That's east. I need to go west, Darren protested. Freya shrugged. Follow it or not, I don't care. But I don't have time to hold your hand back to town. It's your choice. I'm sure you're well aware of how many people go missing here and are never found. Darren sighed. Yeah, I guess you're right. Perfect! Freya picked up her basket off the forest floor and turned and walked up the staircase to her home. Wait, how long have you lived here? Darren asked awkwardly. Freya didn't turn back around. Forever, she said flatly, then disappeared into the twisting woodwork. Darren followed the red light through the park, making sure to keep it straight ahead in her vision. Just as the sun was coming up, the light guided her directly into the parking lot where her car was waiting. The red light made a circle in the air and then blinked out of existence. Darren was tired, hungry, and smelled like sweat and dank dirt. She collapsed in her car and began crying. Tear stains streaked her dirt-covered face, and she sobbed from pure happiness and the sheer terror of what could have happened to her. When she got herself back together, Darren backed out of the parking lot and headed home. After a long shower, she laid down on her bed and quickly drifted to sleep. When she finally woke up, it was dark again. She struggled to get herself out of bed, but she finally did. She yawned and walked to her small apartment balcony. She pulled the curtains back to look out to the night sky. In the distance, a small red light was visible. 
Darren gasped. What the fuck? It shimmered and it was moving back and forth, but just a little bit, like a slight sway. She slowly backed up. Her phone rang and she jumped. Jesus, fuck. She mumbled and answered. Hello? Uh, hey Darren, it's Josh. I was just making sure you were ready for class tomorrow. The students are all pretty worried about this test. I'm just making sure you have it under control. Darren rolled her eyes. It's not my fault these idiots have a hard time paying attention. It's fine. And I don't need an amateur TA trying to convince me otherwise. Now, I feel like shit, so leave me the fuck alone. She hung up before he could say anything else, and then threw her phone haphazardly onto her bed and glanced back at her balcony. She pulled the curtains back. It was still there. The red light. It was in the direction of Yosemite. Am I hallucinating? She asked herself. But hours later, it was still out there, ominous and threatening. The next day, she almost caught off work. The sinking dread was weighing heavy in her stomach. She didn't want to leave her house. She didn't want night to fall. But Darren sucked it up and went to the university to give out her midterm. She sat at her desk grading papers, listening to the rapid scratching of pencils as her students worked diligently. Josh was sitting at the far end of her desk. He kept glancing at her with a concerned look, but she was ignoring him. Go back to the woods. Darren felt the hot whisper next to her ear and jumped so badly she spilled her coffee over the table. Her students all looked up, dozens of eyes turning to her. Fuck. She began cleaning up and her students went back to work. What the fuck, Josh? She said to him quietly, ripping off a sheet of paper towels. Oh, what? He looked confused. Why are you whispering to me? That's fucking creepy. He looked at her and shrugged. Darren, I didn't whisper anything to you. Are you sure you're okay? She nodded and threw a wad of wet towels in the trash. Yeah, sorry, it must have been something else. She sat back down and looked outside. The sun was setting. It would be dark by the time she left. After the last student turned their paper and Darren was slow to put her things together, Josh was waiting for her. I'm going to walk you to your car he said, and she nodded, kind of relieved. They walked out together, and Darren immediately looked east toward Yosemite, and there it was, the red light, but it was much, much closer. It looked like it was only a few blocks away. She stopped breathing. Josh, do you see that? She pointed slowly, and he looked that way. See what? That fucking floating red light, she snapped at him. It was just at the end, it's, it's just right at the end of the street, don't you see it? He furrowed his brow and squinted into the distance. I don't see anything. What the hell is wrong with you? You're freaking me out. She shook her head. I just, uh, I just need to get home. She got into her car and peeled away, leaving Josh standing alone, still looking in the direction of the red light. It followed her home. She watched it in her rear view, always a block behind her, shimmering and flickering. When she got home, she raced inside her apartment and locked the door. Her heart was pounding. She laid down on her bed, taking deep breaths, trying to calm herself down. What had that witch brought upon her? Why was this light not going away? What did it want? Was this going to go on forever? The woods will come to you then. Darren screamed and looked around, the whisper hanging in the air. She began crying. What do you want? She screamed into the air. She bounded over to her balcony and ripped the curtains back and swung the door open. What do you the light was there, floating just above her eye level right on her balcony. Darren let out a small squeak of terror, unable to make any noise. The light blinked out, then came back. It was so red. The light from it bathed her balcony in red. She could feel it, and it was unbearably hot. 
She wanted to run back inside, but she couldn't move. Tears streamed down her face silently. Her mouth hung open. She was shaking in terror. She heard a final whisper, a giggle, then the light opened like a flower, blooming into a beautiful, menacing flame. She saw so many teeth, sharp and black. That was the last thing she ever saw. Her family reported her missing the next day. Freya was washing her clothes in the moonlight and feeding the crows. They played around her cawing and chasing each other. She hummed a soothing tune, but someone was watching her. She looked up, and what stood in the tree line was a creature. The top of its hairless, veiny head brushed against the branches of the tree it was standing under. Its knuckles rested on the forest floor. It was crouched down, staring at her, and they locked eyes. Its bottom mouth opened, and drool dripped from it, splashing to the ground. It growled so deeply, Freya could feel the earth rumble under her. Her heart was drumming against her chest, trying to leap out of its cage. Meeting her head-on in three strides, Freya didn't even have time to move. The creature pinned her to the ground violently, its long, thin hands wrapped around her wrists. Its face opened into a flower of pulsing flesh and sharp black teeth. A long tongue rolled out of its center. It licked the witch's face slowly, savoring it. The teeth grew closer to her face, and then enclosed it gently into its own. Freya wreathed underneath, and it let her wrists go. She brought her arms up and around its back, drawing it closer to her, embracing it with fiery passion. The crows felt awkward watching. They took off into the sky, and the creature and the witch were alone. Freya rested on the balcony of her castle of roots. She blew on her fresh coffee, looking into the full moon. She took a small sip from the cauldron-shaped mug that Wendell had bought her for their 50th anniversary. He came up behind her and sat on the floor next to her, the moon lighting up all of his lips, the drool shining brightly. That was a very pleasant meal you prepared for me. You really know what I like in a hunt. His mind reached out to the witch. Of course I know. I could feel her mounting fear from all the way out here. You outdid yourself too, babe. I love your subtle genius. I've almost expelled most of her bones. You'll have another full supply of bone dust soon. Wendell's long arm wrapped around her back and stomach. She leaned into him. I'll try and spice it up next month. I've had my eye on a few Eagle Scouts that have been hiking. They're always out here littering and bullying little kids. The couple sat together in silence, holding each other, enjoying the quiet in their special slice of Yosemite National Park. That was one of the most adorable things you've ever written. <laughs> Because like, like you and I were talking, I was like, oh, man, I, I, I feel like I always pay more attention when I'm editing and get more into your story than that. But like I was really trying to like, I'm going to focus in, I'm going to lock in. And that took me on a ride. <laughs> She's fucking the Demogorgon. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They're like a committed couple. Oh, shut up. You said that's forever. not that's that's so good. That was so cool, man. Good. for That was dude. And you're sitting here before. No, this isn't my best work. I was. I mean, I was, it's not my best work, but it's... Um, that, it, that was really I, clever. Because I, like, I, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a missing 411 sort of theme in the beginning. And then it like... It actually, when you look back at Junji Into's, uh, his short stories and Shiver, it kind of reminded me right around the middle of those stories. Like when a girl was just getting like just chased by a demon balloon or something like that. Yep. And it, it's like, you know what I mean? When the balloon's attached to something that's going to die and their face is like, yeah. on it. It, yeah. it really reminded me of that. And in the end, when it got her, I was like, I thought that was going to just be it. And you're going to be a little bit mysterious. But the fucking twist at the end. 
very touching tale of murder. Yeah. Freya, and what was his name? Wendell. Wendell. Can we please Wendell, get a painting? Like Wendigo. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. good yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I really want a Norse painting of that, yeah. of those two together. Yeah, I want to do like the castle that I described because it was like hard to... That was good, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I had this like, I have this like picture that my reference and it's like, it's that, but trees. I wrote, I, I wrote one thing down. I, I would just like locked into what you're doing. I just wrote never ending story, but then I was very wrong. I thought we were going to be in that sort of world for a second, <laughs> and I was very excited about that. Well, you know me, I love world building. This is like yeah, and that's why I was that's why I was like I locked in because I, like, I got to pay attention because you're going to have all these little cool details. But you had just such a good, simple story with like a nice fucked up ending. <laughs> what did Wendell want exactly from? This uh, relationship, you wanted the bone dust? She wanted bone dust oh. for, like, spells. And but again, just, like, like whatever. Who Like, what witch doesn't need bones, bone yeah. dust? It's true. It's like, yeah. that's it's like flower, right man. Right up there with eyes yeah. and newt. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was just, like, what he ate. And Wendell know? just wants to eat. Food, yeah. 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 Legit. And, that's like, he feeds on, like, flesh and fear. <laughs> you know, for all the relationships we've tried to get ourselves into, I feel that's the most mutually beneficial relationship I've ever heard. I know, right? And we all need to strive for that. I agree. I have a few things to say about that one real yeah. quick before I forgot. I did like that one. I, just, I thought that was really good. I liked everything about it. I, I actually was going a different direction with what I thought. I thought it was uh, basically an illusion, illusion world or something, since it said it took her off in a different direction than she thought she was supposed to go east to west. So I thought it was going to be like a whole mind trick thing. So that was pretty cool. I'm always up for adding monsters to anything. It turned out to be like a bait monster angler fish kind of situation. <laughs> so I did, yeah, like that's the whole thing. I was like, oh, it's just being this little light and... So I did like that. I, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, I had a very clear, like, it did a good job, like, painting a picture. Like, I feel like I had a very clear image of the, of yeah. the monster in my head and everything. And and the, and the brush castle was really cool, too. Like, I like the idea of the forest castle and everything was, was very nice. I would say my favorite part of the entire story, if I had to pick one, because I love the whole thing. But the moment when Wendell pins her down and Freya suddenly is free and her she gets back up, it just clicks. You're like, oh, yeah. wait a second. <laughs> a big old hug. That's what's going on here. Yeah, and that then, got a good reaction out yeah, of me. <laughs> that, was like the, that was the oh shit moment, yeah. basically. So very, very happy about that one. So yeah, I'm anxious to see. Yeah. yeah. And then the sex. Yeah. And then the crows felt Right. Weird. They're like, we up out of here. So. That's that's a line in uh, I think that's in when doves cry. Animals drag curious poses. They feel the heat, the heat between me and you. Between me and the Demogorgon. I mean, a better <laughs> twist. A better twist would would have been the twist is oh, and this is actually a porn I've written. And then it's just like, <laughs> right. And his giant cock emerges from its sheath. It's not swelling up. See, that's impressive. <laughs> you got fan fiction out of that story already. I could have done a lot with that tongue. I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> you could have got a little bit Evil Dead tree with that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> a little bit over the oh, top. Oh, yeah. God, we're twisted fucks here. Well. <laughs> Surprise, it was pouring all along. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm going to go grab another beer, then I'll be Actually, right back. And re- yes. Do we all? All right, I'm going to grab. Yeah. I don't got buttresses, but I got the ladies in here. There we go. So maybe this won't be so porn. Maybe I was like, yes. Come yeah. on. Just... <laughs> More porn. <laughs> I was holding out hope. Okay, so this is, I would say, my most meta story. You you two won't pick up on it, but like you've been here this entire ride, so you're going to meet some familiar faces again. Okay, I'm ready. The snow began at midnight. Flint watched from her backyard as a thick blanket of white fell hard and fast over the riverside town of Westerville. Lighting a freshly rolled joint, Flint breathes in the winter, 
exhaling a smoldering cloud of smoke which takes the shape of an old pirate galleon that quickly gets swallowed by a sea monster before disappearing into the night air. Smiling with a tear rolling down her cheek, Flint lets the snow fall over her, catching a flake on the tip of her tongue as she watches the stars as if she's waiting for someone. Thanks for tonight, Roz. It's been, what, this is eight years today since we had to go and be three dumb bitches? We're good at taking care of each other, but not so much when it came to ourselves. In a flash of memory, she's back there again, Devil's Den, burned into her nightmares from eight years ago, the surrounding woods engulfed in flames, Roz combusting into a blinding white snow squall, extinguishing the blaze along with herself. Taking a few more hits of her joint before stubbing it out, Flint turns to walk back inside before a familiar mocking voice calls out, Hey, ya Sparks. Fuck off, Lorene. I'm not that kid anymore. <laughs> and kid, you were something else. From the dark, a rail-thin, dark-haired woman dressed in brown and a brown fur overcoat and flowing olive dress approaches Flint, smiling warmly, but with this hint of ulterior motive. You in that auction house, or, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, what was it? Uh, the abandoned discount store in Westerville Fire? Yeah, a couple dozens of piece of shit from a pedo ring burnt to nothing. You know, Westerville Harold always left out the fun bits. Lorene was the alpha in the trio along with Roz and Flint back in the day. Fiercely independent and loyal to a dangerously unpredictable degree. Lorene never was one to keep her talents quiet, unlike the hide-in-plain-sight lifestyle Flint's father had encouraged for her growing up. Flint laughs the memory off. <laughs> you know, I thought teenage girls were supposed to, you know, chase boys... Get into tarot cards. Simple civil disobedience. Yeah, but hunting monsters was a lot more fun. And is. Lorena interjects moving closer to Flynn as she reaches into her coat pulling out a scrap of newspaper. And here be monsters. Flint takes the article, skimming through it quickly, putting the pieces together. Adelaide Schultz, a missing 14-year-old found dead. Clipped to it, a picture of an officious Westerville police officer, Sergeant Rosiak. Jared Rosiak. Famously, Jared was a Westerville Golden Boy succeeding in sports, student government, all achievements that carry less and less substance over the years. This is reaching. Catching Lorene's impatient stare shifting from the article back to Flint. Hun, hun, I know what he did to you was just an absolute... Yeah, forcing a train on me in the woods. Oh no, Lorene, that'll never happen. JR isn't an asshole like the rest. Yeah, I fed myself some real bullshit. And that was the first and fucking last time that it ever happened. I let him get away then, but not after this. Tonight? Tonight it stops. What are you talking about? Lorraine smiles coyly. Why don't you come over? I have a surprise for you. And it is Roz's day. After the two went their separate ways, Flint went to the white picket fence life, you know, the marital pyramid scheme. Lorene went to a cabin deep within Devil's Den that housed generations of Theroian hermits in its time. Innocent as it may seem, there is one secret of the den that Lorene had become quite obsessed with. The Chaos Seed. Flint shakes her head, tossing the clippings back. Ross is dead because of this. Because of us messing with shit that's way beyond anything that we would ever understand. Oh, oh, wham. I didn't know that you were Westerville's white knight all of a sudden. <sighs> Give me one reason why I shouldn't burn this town to the fucking ground. Because it's not up to you, Lorene. Nobody should have that much power and you know it. it. What if somehow you 
get yourself killed in the process, then what? You know, I don't know how to stop a golem, and I'm sure you don't either. Lorene collects herself before rolling her eyes and turning to leave. Fine. Another night solo. I'm used to it. She cuts to the scrub land, turning back to yell as she disappears in the field. Offer still stands if you change your mind, since I can't handle things by myself, and I'm gonna get myself killed! So if you want to come by and be my fucking mom, by all means! Back inside the house, Flint tears through a junk drawer, throwing random batteries and Ikea Allen wrenches about before finding a phone number written on a wrinkled Raising Cane's napkin with the name Matheson. A couple towns over, Gordon Matheson, who had found himself on the couch and out cold after a long battle with the fabled Beast of Milwaukee, is jarred back to life by Rod Serling's opening Twilight Zone narration from his cell phone. Surprised to see the ID, Sparks appear on the screen. Gordon remembered the 14-year-old smartass with the mouth of a sailor fondly, which brings on a ill wave of concern. It had been almost 20 years after the promise of, hey, call me if things get really fucked up after the incident with that fire at that, that discount store on Three Springs Drive. Hello? The voice, in the, end, the voice on the other end is awkward, but not knowing how to begin. Gordon? It's... <sighs> It sparks. <laughs> Matheson chuckles lightly. So, things are really fucked up then. These are transitions, by the way. We, we move scenery here a lot. <laughs> so, stage direction. Throw it in there. Exterior woods. There we, there we go. Paint the picture. Grunting, Sergeant Rosiak felt the dried blood from the large gas on the back of his head as he came to in his sinister surroundings. He had been tucked nicely behind the A to Z liquor store in his unmarked Crown Victoria on traffic patrol, when before he knew it, he found himself here, wherever here was. Feeling around, Rosiak finds himself confined in a wooden pear-shaped cage suspended from a tree deep in Devil's Den, thick, unbreakable branches making it impossible to escape. JR, tell me why, a voice says below. A barefoot figure dressed in an olive-green hippie dress appears, looking closer, Rosiak's captor smiles, her eyes fixed on him in twisted hate. Loreen? What the fuck? Did you feel anything? Did you did you laugh like you did with me? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to forget too. It's probably hard trying to sleep these days. Rosiak looks down at her. A moment passes before he switches to Niagara Falls tactics. Tears pulling in his eyes. Listen, shit, listen, I, I'm sorry, okay? I know what I did was wrong, but I, with a snap of her fingers, Rosiak screams, holding his right side. What's wrong, JR? Appendix. Another snap, this time bringing Rosiak to, fe- to a fetal position as he holds his kidney. It took me a while to figure it out. She snaps again, searing pain spreads throughout his lungs. But I can't imagine what a third-degree burn on your internal organs must feel like. You know, when I dealt with pieces of shit like you, I left too much evidence. Bodies burnt beyond recognition. Your little boys club started suspecting a serial killer. You know, I'm flattered, but serial killers are the divas of psychopaths. Big look-at-me complexes. Rosiak weeps, having nothing much to say besides, I'll fucking kill you. Now, as we were discussing, why'd you do it, JR? Cause you were easy, Rosiak hisses, coughing, laughing like a weasel. (laughs) 
We all know how bad you wanted it, you little slut. He changes his tone back to whimpering as a scratch of fire ignites across his forehead in a flash, leaving a smoldering wound. I'm over that. I'm talking about Adelaide Schultz. Confused, Rosiak laughs it off. <laughs> That's what this is about? I didn't do shit! He hesitates, but in a last-ditch effort, he relents. Listen, you, you got the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time. But you know, you bitch, that some of us have families. And we had to do what we had to do. We protect our own. Rosiak screams again, his stomach burning with so much pain he could barely cry through the desperate gasps of air. Your families will be better off without monsters like you hiding in their fucking closets. From behind her. Lorene! Stop right now, or I will kill you. Spinning around, Matheson, dressed in sweatpants and Hawaiian print shirt, the closest things on the floor he could find, stands gun-drawn, ready to fire, and in tow, Flint. <laughs> you had to bring the old man? Matheson lowers his gun. Old man. I'm 42, it's the new 32. Flint scoffs at the poorly timed banter as Lorene smiles at Gordon's bluff. Snapping her fingers, the wooden cage erupts into flames, burning Rosiak alive. As the vines suspending the cage start to burn and fray, the cage drops to the ground, sinking into the snow like quicksand. Quiet falls through Devil's Den. The ambience of the city gone, as if all of nature stopped in fear of an imposing force. From the woods, quaking footsteps from something large headed in the direction. As the trees part, embers begin to ignite throughout a large figure's body, giving it form in the shadows as it lumbers closer. With two thick tree trunks as legs, meeting to form a body of woven vines with arms that stretched out like tendrils in its face, a hollow void filled with a bright orange glow. With a guttural roar, the golem backhand swipes the three hitting Matheson, winding him as he smacks into nearby trees. Lorene, out of her depth, faces the golem, which emits a spray of fire hurling towards her. Bracing for the hit, Lorene finds herself safe inside a frozen ball of air, a thin but strong layer of ice stopping the flames. The golem begins to stagger backwards as his orange flaming aura turns into a white mist as it retreats back into the woods like an injured animal. As Flynn rushes to her, the ball of ice dissipates back into the white mist, which begins to take shape into the form of a young woman, Roz, who smiles, kissing her two fingers, extending them into a peace sign as she says goodbye to her friends. I love you guys. Don't be dumb, okay? After the dust settled and temper subsided, Flint and Matheson made their way back into town, Lorene in tow against her better wishes. Walking Flint to her door, she notices Matheson wincing with each step. You gonna be okay? Eh. Broken rib. Same old price you pay at the rodeo. Gordon, I'm sorry. Like, I, I know you're doing me a big favor keeping this between us. It Paradox is a shadow government agency. There's, there's corruption and misappropriation everywhere. Don't be so naive to think that some of us don't work in the deeper shadows. He winks, putting Flynn at ease. What about Lorene? Ah, uh, well, Lorene is gonna work off her debt by working for me. I need a loose cannon on my side and indebted to me. I think she'll do well with Paradox. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Flynn embraces Gordon in a big hug, sharing a friendly, lingering smile before retreating back to her white picket fence life again. And we're somewhere else. <laughs> Fade out. 
A few hundred miles later in the middle of Ohio, Gordon attempts another misfire in small talk with Lorene, who has graced the car ride with an icy silence. Uh, hungry? Lorene stares out on at the highway. Gordon continues to point out fast food billboards like an out-of-touch dad trying to connect with his kid. You know, that rest stop that they got some killer kraut dogs and... Oh, shit. White Castle. Want to kill some sliders? Lorraine turns slowly to Gordon, saying nothing before turning back and staring off again, dodging his pleasantries. Oh, too soon with the killing stuff? All right. How about some music? Warning, it's old man stuff. The car stereo blares obnoxiously to life, picking up in the middle of Don't Bring Me Down, with Gordon singing even louder over Jeff Lynne's electric light orchestra. Lorraine sighs deeply, looking down in her lap, hiding the murder in her eyes. As the highway begins to turn into the old rural two-lane road running from Columbus to Kentucky, a squall kicks up, a thick blanket of snow, making it more difficult to navigate the backwood roads. From out of nowhere, a tree breaks and falls just bare feet from where the car slams on its brakes. Taking a moment to let the, his heart rate settle and check on his passenger, Gordon notices something emerging from the storm approaching the car with intent. Squinting, Gordon sees the golem, and instead of orange embers, a coating of frost and ice adorn its body. Looking down at Gordon, the golem makes no threat, but turns to Lorene. Smiling, Lorene unfastens her seatbelt. Looks like my ride's here. Remembering the broken ribs the golem gave him, Gordon makes no effort, letting Lorene and her new implement of destruction walk off into the night. Perched on its shoulder, Lorene's turn bidding adieu to Gordon with a single finger salute. I'm glad they got away. <laughs> <laughs> that was satisfying. I was like, oh, that bitch, like, she is not going to want to work for the shadow government. It's yeah. <laughs> not happening. No way. And she's off for another time. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I wanted to take witches and do um, one of my favorite comics, X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking much of the same, like a remake of The Craft. <laughs> that, yes. Uh, yep, just, yes. That was kind of. The Craft that, with Golems. That was like, that was the. Which was the one thing. It was that was like a good part of the heart of it. But yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah. Or Impractical Magic. Yeah. I, yeah. Lo- I love movies like that. Practical Magic. Mm. Not Impractical Magic. <laughs> See, he's talking about the sequel. <laughs> impractical. Starring the Impractical Jokers. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. I feel like. Are we comparing yet, or am I just speaking you, to just Dave's story? Dave's, yeah. Okay, so the imagery the whole time, I mean, picturing it in my head, just following along with the story, was so much fun. I love the ending. I love her giving the one-finger salute. <laughs> That's kind of like the perfect fitting to that entire story. Small cliff note, I did dedicate that character to our buddy, Leanna. That was Leanna. Yeah. And I, yeah, <laughs> that seems like a Leanna thing yeah, to do. Exactly. Knowing enough about Leanna that I do. She gave the prompt, and I needed that, like, that chaotic neutral character. Right. And then I was like, well, I, I have yeah. it already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm just trying to think what else. Uh, Zach, what do you have? I'll let you I jump like, in. Also, like, I, I liked it. Like, the main thing definitely reminded me of the craft and stuff. Like, uh, I liked your passion and your reading it. That was certainly good. Uh, I think the one thing, like, I did want, like, I did like the Godaway, like, I liked the end and stuff, but I think I wanted, like, just something, something more from it. Something a little more, like climactic out of it, I guess. Like, not every story needs that, but it just seems like something with with witches and golems. If it left me a little wanting that there, that it ended in a walking into the sunset or walking into the moonlight kind of ending, but but it was still really good. Like when I did get to the end, when they, I like, I felt really good about everything getting into the woods. Like she was on this vengeance quest. Yeah, and then but when I got there, yeah, I didn't really I know how see, to kind yeah, of like uh, was yeah. the made accidentally from when she killed the guy or was that a purpose thing i was kind of confused about 
what like why it showed up so the ca- the chaos se- oh fuck i didn't explain that yeah, yeah she, i, I didn't she realize that, that yeah. she like said that a golem was a possibility i don't know how to kill a golem near you and then she then like later she just killed the guy and then there was a golem and i was a little bit confused on that that that's why i want to say i said i was felt like i was left wanting at the end because i kind of was hoping that the golem was going to be like a rage demon or like or like an amalgamation of the people she's killed like with like something along those oh, lines, okay. like like the spirits of the rapist she killed, and then the other guys she killed in the past, like those people in the, the the twelve she killed then or whatever, and then like angry spirits like possessed the woods or something to create yeah. the golem. But I, but like I said, since there was like since the golem kind of seemed to come out of nowhere, like I was filling in the blanks with them with that. No, kind of what's stuff. really what's really funny, it's like I kind of realized while I was reading it, I didn't put in those details. So they mentioned the the chaos seed. Yeah. And then that's that was the chaos seed is when you take somebody that's done atrocious acts and you murder them and you basically sacrifice them on hollowed ground okay. and that brings that that thing out there like any cool Dark Souls boss or yeah. something like yeah, that exactly and that's that's yeah. like even the bed of chaos yeah. that's where right. kind of where that was coming from yeah. and like the witches of Isolith <laughs> in the first Dark yeah. Souls but you actually went along very nicely with my head lore that I didn't put in this that's really cool. <laughs> At least I said that because I was like, I think that's why there's a golem, but yeah, <laughs> so that's why I was like, I feel like there should. That, that was my bad. I was like, yeah, I feel no, like you're right. An yeah. Angry golem just chilling now. Like. That that was like when I was when I was reading it, I kind of felt like, oh, I could have done a better job at explaining this. I like. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say the only thing too is I like how the the ending of the scene in the forest is kind of like a all right, this is done. We're not we're not doing this anymore. And then it kind of turns into like a chapter two where you see the others going back out and um, you don't. I mean, I wasn't expecting the golem to come back and just basically take her away. I, I kind of I like the ending, to be honest. I think there was a climax in that forest scene um, when the last I forget his name, the the rapist she had in the cage, Jr. Jr. When he gets killed, like there's a lot happening all at once, and then it kind of like ends in a fizzle, and then you like lead into this next chapter where it's like, all right, new day, uh, story's continuing a different direction, but then it goes back, and it's like just kidding. I I really like that she just snapped her fingers and burned him. I was really glad about that anticlimax, actually, because it was very obvious she was capable of doing that. And I'm glad that there wasn't some weird like monologuing or, you know, just not happening. Like, I was honestly like, wow, like this dude needs to die. And if she doesn't kill this guy and they stop her, I'm like, she's like magic. Like she could just like poof gone. And so when you did it, I was like, okay. That was Roy Mustang like, from yeah, Full Metal Alchemist with yeah, the yeah, like the pinpoint burning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did he yeah. do that? Did he burn her from the inside when he, he killed her? Burned uh, her? He burned uh, her eyes out. No, yeah. he burned uh, envy or uh, envy's eyes envy, out. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he just but lust. No, he just just burned that her that scene. Over when I thought about that, that scene was really in my head. It's like I could pinpoint. But, yeah, but yeah. With, when he, yeah, is that when he's blind too? Um, no, in. I, no, I don't one. think, yeah. But like, yeah, with Envy though, he pinpoints the eyes out and burns the tongue out. Yeah. And so he does do some, some, somewhat inside business. But I, I pull but a that, lot of Fulmetal Alchemist. Like, I'm not gonna. That's lie. a good thing to pull from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did like the end of that scene a lot. Yeah, the great disperser. <laughs> all right, so all right, compare contrast, pros cons. All right, well, let's see. So I would say this to compare the endings to each other. I would say that there was definitely more of a twist at the end of Alina's story. Just, yeah. it was almost like two twists at once. You know, at first it's like, oh, oh my gosh, this thing's coming back um, for Freya. Oh wait, no, just kidding. It's actually her lover. This is not what you thought it was at all. But I would say also with Dave's story, 
the ending wasn't as necessarily climactic, but the imagery and like, I don't know, the lead up to kind of like the action portions, I guess, or the the intense moments of that story were a lot more exciting. A lot more like they pulled me in a lot more. I don't know. What about what about you, Zach? That's um, basically had the same kind of idea. Like yeah. his was definitely a more exciting one, and yours was more mysterious and twists and right. stuff. And I do love like a good twist or even like subtle twist because I was already in that the monster wasn't coming for her. I didn't think they were like lovers. I was thought more of like a pet or like yeah. a familiar or something. So I guess, so I guess that's still a twist enough. Could have fucked, but still. Uh, <laughs> they did off, off, off screen. Off, yeah, well, I think well, Harley Quinn, like monster Harley Quinn novels, would be a good thing for you to write. That, yeah, actually, <laughs> so yeah, we could do oh, there game, is a game, game of Pros after dark. Oh, <laughs> dude! I'll say those are the ones. Alina, I will write about make, a deep dicking from Frankenstein's monster. I will definitely monster. make special trips up to review to review <laughs> your porn stories. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, uh, <laughs> I think that I think Dave's like worked would have worked better as uh as like a show. Like yours felt more like made for TV kind of thing. Like that would have made a good uh let's say not a twist for Twilight or something or trying to or Twilight Zone or something, but a good more intense goosebumps somewhere between like goosebumps and well, yeah. did you catch but, like yours the... I thought played much better as a story yeah. and stuff like well that would have been like a nice little short short or short film or something or short little episode, but like Yours really felt more like something you'd be watching, while yours like was more definitely more imaginative and suck you into that reading it. Did you catch the characters in this one? Yes, I did. Oh Sparks, yeah, 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 yeah. Sparks yeah, yeah, was the big yeah, yeah. Matheson and, and Sparks. Matheson, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I did. I, yeah, yeah Spar- I did. Sparks was a from a story. Actually, that's the story. That's the prompt you gave us. The chakras. Like, yeah, names sound familiar. Yeah, like, that was the chakra story, and Sparks was the main character in that one. And this is her as so an adult. There were recurring yeah. characters essentially. Yeah. Okay, I've been having fun with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. We do have paradox between our stories that like meta shadow corporation. Yeah, we do. I'm ready. I need to know. Yeah, I, I I'm I don't know where this is gonna go. I think I know where it's gonna go, but I just want to get it over with. All right, you two. Which what? Who wins and why? Do you want to say it at you a countdown? In, in unison. Three, two, one, <laughs> and then you say the person's name. Do you need right. to discuss oh, more exciting okay. story? <laughs> I don't. I don't need to discuss. No, I think I, I know. Grace I like. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> this could All right. Be funny. Who wants to count us down? Dave, you want to count us down? Sure. In. Three, two, one. Alina. It was Alina's. <laughs> oh, no! Damn! Yeah. Uh, nice job! I would give it to you, too. Alina's yeah, really was, was very good. I like the, like the imagery. Yeah. Like you were like At the beginning, I thought you were almost slipping into the Tolkien areas of over-explanation. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's going to be a cabinet in this building, and I'm going to have to hear about it for a day. Yeah. And then like, it kind of pinned out. I was like, no, I did need to know about the buttresses. I needed to know about the, the sweet, like, Freaking I am group church yes, like exactly, <laughs> so, yes. so like I did need some imagery on that. Um Monsters versus Golems, I'm always gonna pick monsters. Um uh, yeah. I think I think you might have been able to sway me if there would have been more of like a hatred demon thing with the golems or like something ah, more with that. And, like like I said, like yeah. uh just need a little bit more with that. Like I did, a like, common I, writer I, problem: the hatred golem, the hatred <laughs> demon, or the golem. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough choice. So like I like yeah, like I I liked the endings of all the scenes, but I almost felt like there needed to be like one more scene. Yeah, you got like something with you like, guys what, chose like, right. You she chose like, right. Gets her little mm-hmm. walkway in the woods and like does her little one finger yeah. salute, and then maybe like scene, and then another one where she thinks she's gotten away to go live her bitchy witch life, and then the golem's like, "No, I'm like possessed by all these people you killed. Why'd you think a golem just right. showed up? Like you didn't make me on purpose." Like, 
Some, something like that. Like, I liked it, but... Like, Alina's ticked all the right buttons for me and no, you're, left me you're right left to guess in a couple ways. Because, like I said, I, I was going originally, like, a parallel world or yeah. or illusions or something. And then switched to, a like, a hunt. The monster hunt was, was nice. I liked that a lot. So. Yeah. And I, I'm a sucker, personally, for a big twist at the end. And when there's, like, too many twists wrapped into one, that's gonna... That excites me a little bit more. But also, I don't have the background to Dave's character. So, I feel like, also, if I'd known... And you know, it's never, it's never needed. Yeah, he's he's a he's a character in a couple of stories. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So either way, you both did an amazing. Yeah, like I liked them both a lot. And that's that's what it it comes down to those details in this. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what that means? That means that we are now six to six. That means season one is tied. Put her there. Porn tiebreaker. Wow. It, it it was brutal for a couple weeks yeah. between the two of us. Oh, yeah. And I can't believe that we just met in the middle like this, which means we need a tiebreaker. We do need a tiebreaker. So that tie means breaker. either you guys make us do something ridiculous right now, or you create a prompt, and we have one more episode of Game of Pros. Okay, I was saying, like, for us, so following along with my theme of thinking these stories didn't have nearly enough sex of them, was that I would like an impromptu uh, porn story off of any of the stories. I would like to hear a very in, very detailed description of how your monster and witch fucked and how Dave's golem and his witch fucked. And based on that, and based on the level of erectness, yeah. we can find a winner. The Demogorgon, his dick opens up like his mouth does into like <laughs> like six different like dicks and it can go in and out, like we, wide and so small, wide and small. Oh, is it now? And then the Demogorgon's it. tongue oh just like oh, rolls oh, out no. and it's like as long as its own body. So it just like licks all up and everywhere at the same time, and the dicks are like they're like, so like, like av- we're talking like an avatar animals dicks like from the avatar movie with a little everything's got weird dicks that hit collect everything and opens up and I don't know maybe you watch avatar again well it's like the Demogorgon mouth everything in that and no I feel like it was really down low that everyone was fucking animals in that movie but yeah the dick is like. Bleep, bleep. <laughs> Nothing like a pulsating uh, penis. Yeah, like an out. <laughs> yes. Throbbing. And then the tongue is is you know real long, and it gets in all the little cracks and crevices. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. I thought I would have time to think about this, and then I was like, "Oh fuck, you said impromptu." She just jumped right into it. I don't like. Yeah, I was even peeing. That yeah, that's uh, like I don't want to talk about one of our friends being fucked by a, a golem. So that's her story. Is there ever it's, a good it's time. A story avatar. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Don't make me come in and I tell better versions of the story. Surprise winner of Game it's, of Pros. It's Greg. It's been. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a tiebreaker, and I won. So Listen, you guys are one one, and I won. <laughs> it has been. It's been a long, really good season. You came up with this podcast at the beginning. You challenged me to begin with, so I feel really confident in conceding with you. Wow. So. Put it there, pal. And the audience has left Golem Dick. Yes. <laughs> but in the future, there will be a Golem Dick story. I, uh, I promise yeah, I, that. There used to be an erotic, an erotic like game, game of Pros after dark. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Season one of Game of Pros. Congratulations. You know, thank you. Like, this has been a good time. I think between the both of us, we have what? How many stories have you written? 20 fucking six. Yeah. Yeah. 12. We've done 12 episodes. Yeah. 
like and I've, I've seen you put a lot of like spirit into this and vice versa it's been a lot of fun thank you for everybody that's come on and put up with their bullshit yeah. reluctantly yes yes <laughs> i'm always glad that they come out the other end oh that was actually fun i was always very proud of that uh thank you to everybody that does listen mm-hmm. and keeping up with it we're yeah. finally done so there you go well, there'll be more. We'll, we'll be evolving as our yeah, stories. We're going to figure out our lives. We'll we'll be back with little bonus things. Oh yes, we will. In the interim, yeah, we'll be sure. doing. Yeah, we'll be doing little mini sodes yeah. and such before we start season two. All right. Yes. You bitch. I won with the well Demogorgon done. D. That, <laughs> no, you. I would say you. But was I thinking about it on the toilet upstairs? <laughs> I was. <laughs> Not gonna lie. You. You came out. You came out. I mean, we both came out swinging, and we went down swinging. So I feel oh, yeah. like making a whole other episode would just cheapen this. I yeah. agree. Boys, thank you so much. That was. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you so that much, was a guys. Very, very good finale. All right, and thank you. Thank you to all of you. Hello. Goodbye. Till next time. <laughs>